Hey everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele on ICTV. Today we're discussing the importance of passion. Uh, for me personally, when I talk about passion, it's usually relating to fitness, uh, which includes my training, or my company, Iron Company. I'm passionate about fitness, about as passionate about fitness as maybe a scientist might be about curing uh, people of cancer, or as a first responder might be about helping their community become safer. To me, passion is the difference between just being good and becoming the best at what we do. So I'm very fortunate in that I've had the opportunity to turn my passion into a living uh, which has allowed me to employ others that share the same passion in life for fitness. Um, so guys, all of us here are passionate about fitness. Um, specifically weightlifting what I want to know what I want to talk about is how, how and and when did our passion for fitness begin what was the spark Marty you want to start no let Jimmy lead I want to well, hear I think, well, let's let's decide what we mean by passion do you mean something that you you it's sort of your life's work, or do you mean something that you love so much that you can't live without? I mean something you can't live without. Hey, like for Jimmy, you know what he means? What? Dogs. Dogs, that's right. Right? <laughs> well, so, or food. Serious, seriously. Right. The, yeah. the way you feel about dogs. And, right. and you'll put up with almost anything just to have it, right? Well, up, yeah. yeah. But right. today, I mean, for that's me. That's passion. I'm curious. That, that, yeah. that yeah, is that, passion. You can yeah. have multiple passions, but let's That's talk right. about weightlifting. How did we get passionate yeah. about weightlifting and, and, and iron and lifting heavy things? Um, for myself, it was two ways. Number one, it was for football. Yeah. And I, my father used to drop me off at the University of Maryland football weight room, and I'd watch the guys lift. Oh, fabulous. And then the other one was I got it. <laughs> how, how, how old were you? Oh, man. Seventh, eighth grade, you know, seventh or eighth grade. 12, 12 years old. 14, 14, 13. Yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, I got a copy of Education of a Bodybuilder, and I was like, by Arnold, and I was like, why wouldn't anyone going to be strong and look like this? I think it's the coolest thing ever. I couldn't believe, I started to think, why, don't, why aren't all men looking like this? And how do you, <laughs> right. how do you get like that? So it, was, so it was to be stronger for football, no question. And then it was also the bodybuilding stuff with Arnold and those guys. I don't know why. I, you know, I don't. I don't really know how it developed, but I do know that it became at at some point a need for me. Training more than a want, which I define as like a need is something. Even if you don't want to fucking do it that day, you're gonna do it anyway because it's your passion in life. Mm -hmm. Where a want is like you know something that you really like to do. It's enjoyable, but it's not something that you'll. You know, crawl it's a, it's, a, it's a hobby. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, I go, I mean, I was, you know, you just go, you go, because you know you're, it's something that is such a huge, like if you think about it, how much of, uh, of your life is spent thinking, reading about, uh, or doing the weight training stuff? And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's all encompassing in our lives. <clears throat> it, all the time. it was a great, um, uh, a great uh, poster of Arnold and Franco, and they're sitting on a couch, and they're dressed in those 
crazy street clothes from the 70s. Yeah, was cool. Like they had on polyester shirts that had like orange amoebas on them. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I think Arnold had on orange pants, right, with, uh, you know, some kind of crazy shoes. And Franco's like in some sort of super tight dress shirt. And they're sitting there and they're just staring off into space. And the caption underneath is, what, did, what do you do on your off day? Think about training. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> That's right. I've seen that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's true the because because with this with weightlifting, I know when I got uh, involved in it, I mean I couldn't stop thinking about it, and that's what I mean by passion. This thing gripped me; it just surrounded no, but, me. But and, you got to go deep. You got to go deeper. Why? Well, here's so. Let me go into my thing. So, um, I was born in '71, and as you know. Uh, the Incredible Hulk started airing in 1977. Okay. And I started watching that, and I don't think I saw any bodybuilders or anything up to that date. When Lou Ferrigno came out twice a show, and I would watch it just for that, I was just out of my mind. I was like, where, where is this guy from? How did he do this? This is what I want. This is what I want to do. I just have to do this now. You know who else was hugely influenced by I that? do. Mr. Yeah, Kirk Kowalski. That's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kirk, oh, Kirk, Kirk gets teary-eyed when he remembers the whole period. <laughs> so Perigna would come out, throw, throw some shit around, do some most muscular. <laughs> he went, and that, that affected me. I said, I got to get strong and throw shit around just like that. I mean, if he could do it, I could do it. <laughs> but no, but hit but what he had what that blew everybody's mind was he was the first supersized bodybuilder that people got to see for a protracted period of time. He's he had he did a significant significant amount of screen time. I think at that time he was probably weighing close to three hundred. His big boy. Uh, yeah. Tall. Yeah, he because he's height. six six five. five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and he, uh, he they didn't want him cut. They wanted him big. So he got right at that ten percent body fat percentile and he was he was thick. Yeah. No, so good. so I was very impressed by that. So that kind of started it off. My my grandfather always wanted uh, so, to do So you were you were inspired. I was inspired by that big time because you know you in wanted, 70, you you wanted that. Well I wanted that. I thought, you know, you guys got that. guys got just this crazy physique. And just like Jim said, why, you know, I think every guy should look like that. You know, that's how you think at that age. Uh, uh, but when the show aired, I was six years old. So, you know, you're very impressionable at that age, <clears throat> young boy growing up. The other thing, I think the most, the, the biggest thing that I can uh, attribute my passion for fitness was, uh, you know, and, and, and th I think this is where I really differ from you guys is, uh, um, I moved from California to uh, Maryland in, let's see, in eighth grade. And so I was the new kid on the block. I had a lot of family there, but I didn't know anybody at school. And I got bullied just to a level you wouldn't believe. And it's. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Maryland guys are like that. Yeah. 
You it's know, you really, this is the why we're doing this podcast. JP wanted to tell this story right here, Marty. I yeah. want to tell. Well, I want to sh- yeah. No, but this is a very important. This is one of the yeah, things I, where. Yeah, I'm messing around. Go ahead. This is where I was personally able to uh, deal with being bullied in a good way, and I actually was able to make something positive of it. Not everybody can do that, but I was able to do that. Uh, so I was about 14, and I was getting bullied, and I was a new kid. And I just happened to have it, have a neighbor that had an old Billard barbell set. And I think, Jim, that was your first barbell set, wasn't it? I did have that because I had the pamphlet we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I got that set, and I'll tell you, it was uh, that was 14 years old, and I was just on fire from then. And I started uh, reading Muscle and Fitness. Um, we moved out to a farm, and I... I actually built a bench press out of two by fours. Wow. So I designed it and wrote it all out, took the measurements, and my dad took me down to the hardware store, got me the lumber, got yeah. me the, the hardware, and came back and helped me uh, helped me put that together. So after that, man, it was on. I was in, in my room four hours a day just hitting it as hard as I could, and I thought about being bullied the whole time, and I mean the energy and the mental focus that will give you is crazy. Yeah. That's so, a lot like the, you know, the Henry Rollins uh, article, you know, yeah. The iron. Did you, have you read that? Uh-uh. You know, it's the best article he's ever written. And it was, it was about how he was in high school or junior high or prep school, whatever. I know Marty, you're more familiar with that, but this guy, Mr. Peterman or Pepperman or whatever was a Vietnam vet. And, uh, he used to punch, Rollins in the stomach when he went by or in the chest or something like that. And this guy was a wrestler and a lifter. And I guess Henry said something about, uh, I'd like to be as big as strong as you. So he gave him, he gave him a routine. I'm sure I'm getting some of this wrong, but he wouldn't let Henry look in the mirror for like six or seven weeks or something like that. <laughs> but that morning of the sixth week, take your shirt off and look at yourself in the mirror. And Henry was like, you know, the next time that he saw Mr. Peterman, he punched him and he could stand it and he could take it. When he took his shirt off, did he have tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> Not back then. It's sort of like, and there's a lot of, you know, think about it, man. He went to the same prep school that Stacy did. No, I know, your wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Bullis. Yeah, I which think is, that's what it was. Which is very moneyed. Yeah, but 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 so that's the way that I dealt with my situation. Yeah. And actually, it was funny because. As I got bigger and stronger, these bullies, and some of them were on the football team, and they used to call me names and all this stuff. As I got bigger and stronger and more on their level, all of a sudden they wanted to be friends. They wanted to be pals. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, hey, what I'm doing is working. This is not... Now, I didn't become a bully back or anything. It's just... It was just enough for me to start Too getting bad. bigger and stronger than they were, and that's just Mi- instantly missed solved opportunity. The yeah, right. No, I'm not that way, but <clears throat> that's how I dealt with mine. And from there, you know, when you start really making the gains and seeing the the, the muscle pack on, and and you know, we talk about it all the time when you start lifting weights, the the gains are crazy, no matter what you do. So I was doing way too much and, and didn't have enough weight and all that, but I still made crazy gains. But as I saw my, my physique change and my strength levels change, it just propelled me 
uh, I always talk about forged passion. You know, it was forging my passion to go forward. Well, and, confidence, man. And keep and it was a huge confidence builder. And yeah. by nature, I was a real shy kid, so it was an unbelievable thing for me. So I really advise that um, you know, weightlifting is such a good thing for for high school kids to do and and get into. It's very it's a very healthy thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it, you know, I started lo- I started loving it like a sickness, man. I was I had just stopped paying attention in class i would just bring in magazines i bring in uh means <laughs> i bring in power of the u.s i would just read those during class I, mm-hmm. know I was done i just want to wait to get in my basement after school man and i'd be dragging people in there <laughs> it was unbelievable i mean <clears throat> i remember one time you know we lived out on the farm in Maryland, my dad was a, a feed salesman for Purina, and he knew all these farmers. And I remember that uh, one of them needed help in the the milking parlor one day after school for, for like a week. And I thought, Jesus, this is going to take a whole week of my lifting out. And I was just pissed and upset. And oh my God, what's going to happen? I can't lift weights for a week. And you know, that's how bad it gets, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, but that's how I got started. Marty, which, what was your spark? How did you get started? Well, <clears throat> some boys are born alpha. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Jimmy, am I lying? No, 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 I like it. I'm just, I'm just saying. And, and it's just like, you know, I, I grew up in a womanless environment. As my my wife says, we I was raised by wolves, mm-hmm. and we ran we ran wild right from the get go, right? And just if you read, I'm sure you boys have read Camille Paglia, and if you have, she identifies when she talks about there's a certain warrior, classical warrior archetype that goes back to Grecian times, and a certain type of males have always worshipped the the warrior fighter archetype whether it's actual fighting it could be sports competition contact uh and there's always been a, a certain segment of the male population that's just naturally gravitated toward that i, I was naturally taken with uh, comic books superheroes right the, I love the physiques in the comic books, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, uh, Flash, you know, all, all of them. They had these great bodies. And it was like, then the next thing is, well, how do you get that? Oh, look at these little little jazzy little ads, the Charles Atlas ads that were in the yeah. comic books. And it, what was he? He was advertising a method. So then it's like, oh, oh, there's a method to get that body and that one thing led to another and i was reading the muscle magazines by the time i was 12 right yeah. all right it's about and that age right once you get into the muscle magazines you're hooked you look forward to it every month every month would be muscle builder strength and health iron man i think there was a second weeder magazine all american <laughs> athlete hey wasn't that wasn't that like christmas every month yes indeed yeah. i remember that Marty, got you fired up again, right? Did you have a newsstand near you? Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad would take us. My dad uh, was a 
a World War II veteran, and he takes us to a newsstand owned by a World War I veteran every Sunday after church, right? We go to church, and then after church, he draw, you know, and he's 56 Ford. And uh, he'd go in, and he'd talk to Alex, and they'd talk for an hour or so, and we'd just sit on the floor and read all the comics for free. We didn't have to buy them. We could just read them. So you'd read them and put them back and move on. Then over the years, I started looking at the muscle magazines because he, he carried those, too. And that's when I got hooked. It was like you'd see a picture of, uh, I don't know, 62. I probably started looking at him. I'm 12 years old. Who was big then? Um, well, Grim Grimmick, for sure, right? John Grimmick. Yeah. Uh, Clancy Ross. Steve uh, Reeves. Uh, Steve is <laughs> a little ahead. Reg yeah. Park and Bill Pearl would have been looking really good in 62. Yeah. yeah. I like those big guy physiques. That to me was more superheroish. Well, you know where my dad used to take me? He used to take me to Dynamo Barbell. Ooh. In College Hi. Park and I'd run upstairs. He'd wait in the car, I'd run upstairs, go get the latest muscle and fitness or whatever was up there, maybe strength and health. And I, they were the only place around that sold oh. USA. Wow. Nope. Uh, no, was that a gym? Upstairs. Sometimes I'd go like, and it wouldn't be the new issue. I'd be heartbroken. I mean, it was a big deal, man. It was a big deal. I remember every magazine. I used to study this art. Yes. Man. Yes. God almighty. What, was, hey, Jim, was that a gym that you we used to go to? Dynamo Barbell? Well, it was a, the only, yeah. yeah, it was a hardcore gym. Martin hardcore place, there. baby. Yeah. So it was a scuba diving place. And it was <laughs> big, uh, wow. Gym. I remember I went there, so I used to do this. So I was pretty shy as a kid, but when it came to weightlifting, I didn't care. So I remember a friend of mine, I think I was in like ninth grade. Somehow I got to Dynamo and I just sat there and watched these guys lift and asked them questions. And I would do the same wherever I went. I would just be like, What kind of routine are you doing? What can I, and yeah. the weightlifters laughed at the body. What are you eating? Yeah. You know, and, and all this, but you know, that's how you learn. You don't just, and it's not easy. See, you're not sitting there on the internet and, and going, oh, I can look up any fucking thing I want and get that instant gratification. No, yeah. you have to suffer a little bit. Then you learn it. Then you appreciate it. I call it, I call it today the curse of too many choices. Yeah. And you got all these right. choices and what, what, yeah. Which way do you go? But that's right, man. We, we had very few choices back in the day, but damn, we had some good stuff. Yeah. We had all the solid weightlifting information from the strength and health guys. We had the old school bodybuilder stuff from the weeder guys. We had very good, very solid information. It didn't yeah. become all um, inflated like later in the in the 70s. It got all exaggerated and inflated, mm -hmm. but it was still pretty pure at that time. What 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 age did you guys start going to the gym? <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't go to a gym. I trained at home. So you trained in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jim? Basement all through high school. I mean, we had. I had. I would do one workout at school because we had a gym, and then yeah, uh, we did too. Go to my girlfriend's basement. And we had everything down there, and that's where we'd meet me and Louie and Carlo, and we'd have our workouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You did an article on that. We got that up on yeah. the site. Yeah. Was her name uh, Sal? Uh, Sal. Uh, in the article, it was Kathy or Sally, but you know, I, I didn't use her real name. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, I didn't get. To, you know, I worked out on the farm there for a few years in Maryland and did that, and then I moved back to California, 
and then signed up at a local gym and uh man it was on from there but i mean yeah just like you said uh you know you just ask questions and you know my thing was gaining weight because i was a skinny kid and i would ask these bodybuilders you know how do you gain weight how I remember one guy, and he's just ripped to shreds, had a beautiful physique, and I asked him, I said, you know, I want to gain weight. He says, go to In-N-Out twice a week, uh, twice a day. <laughs> so that's what I started doing, and I think I gained like 20 or 30 pounds over the summer. Yeah, yeah and that's high calories. <laughs> yeah, Danny, Wo Danny Wobler, when he was moving up from uh, 220 to 242, he got a job at one of the first McDonald's. <laughs> right. So he was, he would eat 26 Big Macs a day. <laughs> wow. And I, and I asked him, I said, that's crazy. I said, Danny, why 26? Why not 25? Why not 27? He said, 26 really seems to work, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> this is a crazy sport, man. One last too skinny. One morning is too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What um so oh, by the by the way, Danny was the first man to deadlift nine hundred. He deadlifted nine hundred and nineteen eighty way before anybody else pulled it. Uh he only weighed two sixty five at the time. And the day he pulled nine hundred, he also had squatted nine sixty. Wow, man, nobody ever talks about him. Oh yeah. He squatted nine sixty, bench four hundred, and then he deadlifted nine hundred. Is he still around or what? Yeah. yeah, he's around. Danny's around. There's a Marty wrote a great article on him. It's on our site if you ever yeah, want to check that, it out. It was but easy. <laughs> I think I think you called it Dan Wobler, the power lifter you've never heard of, or something. Yeah, the greatest lifter you never heard of. But anyway, getting back to the to the passion thing, I think it's inherent in certain males, and I think there's a, a competitive spirit. I will tell you, you. The whole thing is uh, dependent upon actual, factual, tangible results. Yeah. Right. You've got to get results. And I think the kids today play around too much with the diet and the nutrition and the supplements and all that. And because of that, they never get the kind of sensational gains that we used to eat back in the days of nutritional ignorance. Mm when we would just take the calories in, take the size, and if it was an unacceptable amount of body fat, well, we just had to do more sports. Right. Right. That's how we burned it off, because we played football. We played baseball. Right. We, we ran track. We did it all. Uh, in fact, that's how the first I first got started weight training, because I wanted to improve as an athlete. Right. 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 F football players, specifically. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. so let's talk about how we expanded. Now we 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 found at an early age we had this passion for for the weights and and lifting heavy and all that. You know, how did how did uh, transforming kind of increase that over time and kind of weave it into uh, into our lives? Like for example, you know, like I was saying, as I started to morph my body, I was just hooked, and I knew I was always going to be doing this this is always going to be part of who i was i couldn't get enough um and I, when i became when i turned like 25 or 26 that was like my peak in weightlifting and um i was able i invented this compact dumbbell system right it was something i needed in the gym for my personal lifting 
but then shortly thereafter, I was able to start my company in 97, uh, in which I was able to expand this passion for weightlifting to a whole new level. Um, it gave me a, it also gave me an opportunity to kind of, um, help others, I guess, fuel their passion and achieve their fitness goals and, you know, help them with the equipment and, and do all that. So, so from my passion as, as I started from a young boy lifting weights and, and seeing the results, I was able to actually now turn it into a, a, a company and a living. Marty, you went on to, uh, you did many things. I mean, you competed, you, you've been a writer for years and years and years. Uh, you've been a coach for many years. You top uh, teach. You coach some of the best in in the world. I'm a good um, cook. So that's how you expanded. I mean, I'm know, a good cook, and you're a good right. cook. And then I've Jim, got, I've got no wait, 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 wait. Marty didn't get to go. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I've got a newfound passion that. Uh, I've been sharing some of the some of the photos with you boys. My newfound passion for smoked meat. Yeah. Have, have yeah. you got any of my meat porn photos? You still haven't put me on the list. Right. Yeah, you didn't send me any, but I, I've been doing the same thing. I love that stuff. Let, let me, in the la I got this thing. I counted it up. I got this thing two weeks ago, and in two weeks, I've smoked three racks of ribs, four chickens, a shoulder of lamb, two six-pound rib roast, that's all within 14 days, and I'm the only one eating it. Yeah, man. So I'm on that, flaxseed and beer, what do you think? That's perfect. <laughs> it's great. You ought to write I've a book lost, about it. I've lost, I've lost uh, six pounds. Just doing that? That's great. Well, I, yeah. well it's taking all the carb. It's taken all yeah, the carbs out of my diet. Well, except, well, except the beer. beer. Yeah, except yeah. the beer. But I, I, I don't drink that much. I keep it to less than six. Well, maybe six. Uh, yeah, but Marty, they're uh, tall boys. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I've cut. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm doing better. In fact, I might get some after we get off here. But getting back to this passion thing, I think that the thing that you got to get is you have to, you got to get results. Results refire enthusiasm enthusiasm is uh, as synonymous with passion yeah. enthusiasm mm -hmm. right and that's what refuels the effort and that's uh, that's finite you know it's it's exactly. it's regenerating right but you're transforming your physique and both you guys successfully transformed your physiques while you were telling your story JP about your transformation from skinniness i was thinking well you sure figured that one out didn't you yeah when i started i was uh man i was probably 135 <laughs> 40 pounds well you almost tripled your body weight didn't you <clears throat> Tri no not triple uh, no jim tripled his um no i I've I've been as high as about three. I just weighed myself this morning. Uh, okay. three hundred pounds. That's a long ways from one thirty. <laughs> yeah, it was two ninety. But you know, naturally, I was a skinny kid. So, and it was. Um, well, you're you know, big bone. You got that frame for it. I told yeah. him, Jim. I I said uh, if I had met him with that frame when he was twelve years old, he'd be a six-time world champion retired by now. 
Well, he's got wide clavicles, too. Oh, and the big eight-and-a-half-inch wrists. It would be just so easy. Just, kid, do what I tell you. Don't talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And saved me. Hurt. Obviously, he had the eating thing down. Yeah. But probably could have saved me from my back problems. Uh, we just have to take you up to 400. Oh, my God. You'd scare You would have ruled the world. Oh my no, God. you know what? It's, I was, I've was. i been as heavy as, like, 305, right? No, 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 no. You and I that, told you guys, I started you getting that, sleep uh, apnea with that. Well, uh, we 400, don't you didn't you don't care about that. <laughs> you want to be a world champion, kid? <laughs> yeah, you want to be a world champion? Smoke you want to be 10 a world champion or not? Yeah, you only got to be that weight for a few years, man. That, that's what George. That's what George Hector said when he was weighing three sixty. I was interviewing him. I was all excited. He's he's at his biggest. He's winning the world championship, setting uh, world records. Uh, second guy to total twenty four hundred. Yeah, second second man to total twenty four hundred. So I said, George, how is it to be on top of the world? He goes, it sucks. <laughs> he said other. He said other than two days a year. The national championships uh, yeah. and the world championships, this sucks. He okay. used to drink a half a gallon of milk and eat an entire pack of Oreo cookies after every workout. <laughs> oh, man. How big he was he? 365.10. He was oh. drinking two gallons of whole milk a day. Was he fat? Uh, he was tight. He was tight, right? I mean, he was extended. He was definitely, but he wasn't like sumo fat. No, 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 no. Then he reduced down to 242, and he, I think he could have placed in the Olympia. He looked so damn good. Well, he's a Maryland guy, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He was up oh, there okay. from ha Hava de Grasse. That's right. So Star and he used to drink. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Was, he, he was Star's number. You know how certain people from Texas talk about, you know, Star being their trainer? He really was George's trainer. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and, drank in a shed, Hopkins shed or something. Out yeah, that's exactly right. And and George was a legitimate national and world champion. He used to do some crazy stuff. George used to train by himself, so he used to do like uh, he would squat like seven forty five for eight, and then squat nine fifty at the meet. Right, wow. crazy stuff. He said, "Why?" Well, I, I said, "I don't feel confident going any heavier than that." I said, what do you do if you miss? He said, I just dump it off my back. Said, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, I don't have anybody to train with up here. So, anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic. But the, just, these guys have that passion. We have that passion. And also, it's tied into this whole thing. We're transforming ourselves. Jim, what did you do with your passion? Uh, well, I made a career out of it. Right. You know, I, I became a strength coach, um, I, you know, and, and what I was just thinking about was everything that I pushed to the forefront of my life, like football, when I was a college football coach also, it was it was always based around lifting. You know, the, the day always had to have a time when I always had to get my lifting in or it was and it was still very important to me no matter what. Even when I was pushing other things, I never said, oh, I'll get back. You know, everybody says, oh, I got to get back into it. I, I never understood that. And why would you ever get out of it? You know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you know, let me just say something about that. I, I, you're exactly right. Can you imagine, and I've never took a break either. I've been, you know, I'm 47 now. I've been lifting since I'm 14. Never stopped except for one time 
you know, I broke my hand, I had a cast, but I still found ways of doing something. Uh, can you imagine putting in 5, 10, 20 years and then stopping for six months or a year and losing just so much of that hard work? I never got that either. No, I know. And, and Marty and I talk about this all the time, um, is that that is our form, or I know it's my form of meditation, uh, of, of escape, of reducing anything, any bad feelings that I'm feeling. Um, when I get done with the workout, I don't give a crap about anything and everything is in order in my brain. Oh, I need to take care of that. Don't worry about that. Take care of that. You know, that kind of thing. It's amazing. It's, it's legal violence. Jim and I have a have a limited capacity for human contact. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, intense training takes that edge off us. Right. It's not good for us to get out into society with that edge still on because it's just it's the well, slightest thing can set you off. So you just you take that edge off, right? That's what I mean. And it, yeah. it resets. It centers you psychologically. That's right. Centers you. That's you right. go in and you um, you alleviate your frustrations, I guess. You know, you might oh, you do. You crush it right have, out of yourself. Something may have pissed you off that day or whatever. You go in, bang out some squats, man. You feel a lot better after. You mean think about it? But you know, I. It's funny. It's actually the um, the doing of the exercises, the performing of the exercises, also that takes me somewhere very deep sometimes yes. that I can't tap into. Unless I'm doing, you know, unless I'm training like that. Right. Uh, unless it's almost a life or death situation. Yeah, I can literally, I think, will myself into like a zone. You can. Training every day. I really yes. think yes. It's, it, it, it is an altered state that actually has a, a parallel in meditation. In, in If you go to Taoism... Right. Or you go to some of the, the more sophisticated versions of Buddhism, and they have these differing levels of meditation. And, and what you describe is exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's primarily a wordless state, and it's induced only when you pass a certain intensity threshold. Then there's a, a hormonal release. It's like a hormonal tsunami. And you have endorphins and serotonin and adrenaline. All these hormones are released into your system. Normal people don't get that because they never train intense enough to cross that hormonal threshold. They don't know what we're talking about. Right, right, right. We do. We do. We can access that state within one set. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, even like lateral room, it wouldn't. Yes. So a lot of these exercises where I don't need like balance, like a ah. squat or something like that. Close my but, eyes. I close my eyes during all these sets, man. But but note how it's a non-verbal state. Oh, no question. Well, well that's that's everything. Yeah, I was if, doing this. If, if you are if you are holding a conversation with yourself while you are lifting, uh, you ain't doing it. Yeah. I think it has sure, a lot to do with it. Are not getting strong and then the super guys that are strong and people are like yeah but they're not bright people yeah but they don't have to be bright in, in everything else to be bright in this they know how to get there they know what where their mind needs to be yeah they're oxes but that know how to pull stuff right, right that mental state that mental discipline um 
when you're able to achieve that, and just like Marty said, you know, people that got guys that aren't doing this type of weightlifting or whatever that don't quite understand what we're talking about. When you have that, when you have something uh, to 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 remember, to grab a hold of, to experience, you can you can kind of it it helps you in other areas of your life too. Like as a business owner, I have to work long hours, and I'll tell you, I, I work long hours during the day, 14, 16 hour days consistently. And I've been doing that for over 20 years. And I'll tell you, when you're ready to tap out, sometimes you just think back to your workout and how you got that extra rep and all that. And it, 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 it helps fuel you in other areas, uh, other areas of your life. I think from what I've, I've experienced. Usually when, when I get to that place, I usually go take a nap. Well, that's, yeah, you're retired, that's why. No, I'm not retired. Oh, I'm extremely retired. active. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's retired from the world. <laughs> yes, I've retired from society, as a, a good Taoist would say. Yes, that's right. But, that's but as, as you are too, Jim. That's right, buddy. <clears throat> and again, you know, we know how to fill our time. We well, writing is definitely a profession. <laughs> uh, well, we we're able to roll from one creative task to another. Yeah, and uh, the creative well, tasks are the ones yeah. where you become absorbed, and when you become absorbed, you lose your sense of self. And if you go from one creative task to the next, uh, to me, that's a perfect day. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you know I was going to say earlier, and I think Tom Platt touches on this a lot of. You're almost an artist, or, or you're a you're a creator. JP was touching on that as far as when you're a lifter. But I, I got to think, man. I, I really do think that there's some deep, deep thinkers um, in our best lifters, whether they're you know power whatever um, people that can design programs or um, you know do it for others that's an art man and that's and that's something where that passion and feeling for that you have and somebody else may not and a lot of problems is like people don't think that's um, that's worthy but man it's everything it's everything especially to us because that is that is the passion but it makes such a difference and you almost are like why aren't more people doing this and are they are there enough people that are almost special enough to do this you know like you, have it inside of them jim you know what the definition of science is so. it's, be, it's being able to to replicate results right so if if it's one thing first of all if you have to be able to trigger a radical physical transformation in yourself that in and of itself is miraculous but once you're also able to use the strategies that you've learned for you and you're able to consistently obtain radical physical transformations for others, mm. then you're onto something. And I know that you have been, you've, you've made a career of that. I can do that. That is no problem. It is no problem at all for us to get radical physical results for any human on the face of the earth, but they need to do what it is we ask them to do. Yeah. Right, and that's the problem because most are either unable or unwilling. Unwilling, yeah. That's right. That's right. right. Really right. If, I mean, it's not that we're geniuses. I mean, this knowledge is out there. No, but no, but I think that everybody has some some special qualities, and I think getting it across 
to the person and knowing how to get across to the person is maybe a special quality for us then you know i can't fucking add one plus one but i can do that kind of stuff you know you, you, you know where that applies in my industry especially okay so we manufacture and distribute fitness equipment we've done it for a long time and <clears throat> when i got into this when i started my company back in 96 97 um i used to go around you know i invented this dumbbell system so i used to go around i knew i had no contacts in the industry i had no i'd never worked for a retail store i was a truck driver at the time so <clears throat> i had these prototypes and stuff and I, I used to go from store to store now i was at my prime i was you know i was lean i was a lean 285 290 you know this is at my prime my you know my strength was peaked my muscularity was peaked and all that and i would just walk into these stores and go check this out and i always felt that in my industry uh you need to look like you know what the hell, you, hell you're talking about if, yeah. that you look like you use the equipment that you're that you're selling or making and i was always uh it always amazed me i, I go to these trade shows every year and the people selling fitness equipment have never used it. They can, yeah. they couldn't tell you how to use it or what it feels like or what muscle it just really fires and and all that. You can't translate that to the well, customer. So well, next it, year they'll be selling Chevys. Well, exactly because it's a commodity for them. Exactly. They're just salesmen. But in my in my business, if you have that passion, that translates to the customer. And if I'm the customer, I much rather have a guy on the phone that knows what he's talking about, that can explain the feeling of the machine and how he's used it in the past or whatever, rather than, hey, here's this, you know, barbell, it, you know, it's here's the price and do you want to buy it or not? Well, there's a lot more to it than that. And when you can really communicate your passion, I think that that's why I wanted to have this conversation uh, today, because to me, in my industry anyway, and a lot of other industries too, passion just makes the difference whether you're successful. You can be successful without as much passion as we have, obviously. But when you have the when you have a strong level of passion it just makes a difference. You've got like a glow around you. You could it's people sense that they pick it up and i think i just really think that uh if you're going to do something have you know try to try to do something in life that that really you're passionate about because it just makes such a difference and, well, think and, about and the guys, when we when we go train special forces guys think about the guys we take and when they speak about you know training and programming or kettlebells whatever I mean, you can. It's it's coming out of their pores, man. You can see yeah. when Greg starts talking, he loves lifting, man. I mean, he is into everything about it, and he still wants to learn too. And I, I love learning new stuff about it. When you have a passion, you're not this closed-off person either. Right. You're that, you know, you're you're always eager to learn. You're 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 either a scientist or a fundamentalist. And if you're a scientist, you're always open. And when somebody uh, destroys your precious orthodoxies you're happy but if you're a fundamentalist you're defending a, a fixed position always right always defend. Right? 
Yeah. So you're either a scientist or a fundamentalist, and and a fundamentalist typically there's a there's a financial motive involved. Whereas a scientist is just like you know we go where progress leads us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I think uh, <clears throat> you know I think uh, other ways that uh, my passion for fitness has helped me in life is the. Um, the uh, discipline, you know, I kind of touched on it a little bit before, but the discipline, like, you know, back in high school when I when I was, you know, started lifting real serious, I mean, where were we on Friday nights? Probably you guys were at the gym, too, just like I was. Not me. I was at with cheerleaders. Oh. <laughs> well. You knew he was going to go opposite of you. We, we knew you were going to go the other way. Yes, that's where I was. I mean, yeah. you know, yes, I told you. <clears throat> somebody, well, had to, somebody had to take them out right for me it's just the discipline you know and i i didn't uh marty you talk about being raised by wolves i was raised by a single mother so and i had lived as a sister so i had kind of the opposite i needed discipline and i didn't really have a dad at home to give me the you know the young man discipline so i kind of fell into weightlifting and i think that kind of really helped with that situation with me no doubt, and, and helped me later on in life, you know, now as a, a business owner and as a parent and, you know, been married for many, many years. It just, you find all these things where, um, it's your roots of weight, weightlifting that are really helping you in these other areas. So I think it, that's always been interesting to me. Um, passion's also, one of the greatest motivators. I mean, I kind of touched on this too, but um, I mean, the way it can fuel the mind and the body to do things you never dreamed were possible. Um, you know, it, it can be really harnessed to achieve great things. And once you refine it, really learn it, you can, just like we're talking about, you can apply it to other areas of your life, such as your occupation relationships, parenting, helping others, things like that. Yeah. No, I agree. Indeed. What, um, if we could recommend to youngsters about following their passion in life, um, what would, what would we tell youngsters that might be listening to this? I, I would say embrace your passion. You know what? Let it teach you things about yourself that maybe you would have otherwise never known. Um, your passion is really the fabric of who you are. Like we're explaining. I mean, that's that's who we we started with this passion when we were young. That we found out who we were at that young age, and we're able to nurture that and turn that into something. And I'll tell you if. If you can follow your passion in life, I mean, it's one of the most rewarding things ever. If you can grow your passion into something that will support your life, the lifestyle that you want, then I think you're you're ahead of 99% of the population. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the ideal. It just depends, you know, if you can make a living out of your passion. But I think there's, and I thought about this before when I, you know, was between coaching jobs and you're always moving. Why don't I just get a job at UPS or get a job, you know, nine to five where I don't have to think about anything and that'll support my passion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I can't yeah. figure out how to make enough money, you know, being a strength coach back then or, or a football coach and all that to, to really do what I wanted to do. So, 
But, you know, I was fortunate that I didn't have to go that way. But I think you can do both. You know, you just have to be able to support it. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because not, you know, not every passion, uh, you know, bucket or whatever is going to necessarily support the lifestyle you want. So you're right. Sometimes you have to do half. Uh, half half your passion and half something else like UPS or whatever. But um, we were just fortunate to be able to really have multiple things. I mean, Marty, you've done the writing, the coaching, the everything. Jim, you're kind of doing the same thing. I'm doing something else. But uh, we got lucky. We're very fortunate with that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully a lot of other people are out there are embracing their passion. I think it's just such an important thing. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. That's for sure. But, again, you've got to uh... – You've got to be able to uh, obtain some sort of satisfaction on a continual basis from it. If you right. don't get that, you're going to run out of your your passion. Right. right. So you, you can't be fooling yourself. It's not an act of will. It's not being disciplined. Being disciplined, is, as people ask me, they say, well, how can you get up at uh, 3.30 every morning to write? there's nothing to do with discipline. I get up at 3.30 every morning to write because I'm enthused and I jump up and I want to write. Right. 3.30? You're and, sleeping in, dude. You're, no, what's actually, up with that? I, actually, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I've actually backed off from that a little bit. But my point being is that is that I'm fired up. Right? Yeah. And that's why I get up. And, and again, with the, with the training, everybody says, oh, you're so disciplined in your training. I like, no, I'm not. I do it because it gets me off. You know what? That's, that's what... That's what keeps us coming back. There's this you've, hormonal thing. Exactly. And you've, I, you know, you've told me so many times how you're, you know, you, what are you, 68, 67? No, I'm, I'm 39. I'm okay. over 39. This is your 25th anniversary of your 39th birthday, like uh, Reagan used to say. But uh, you've told me more than once that you're fired up, man. You can't wait to get going. And I thought, man, that is... That is something to behold, and I, I hope that when I'm your age, I can roll out of bed and be fired up about something and, and get I, at it. I, so that's that's a I great doubt thing. It. I doubt you it. doubt it? Yeah. You don't know me. <laughs> I could do it. You got to come back here and live in the country. I miss the country. We can uh, we can go pick pick eggs from the hen house together. <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, all right. Is that all we want to say about passion? I think we've established we're passionate guys about weightlifting and life and beer, doing well and low carb diets, with the exception of smoke beer. Smoke meat. Smoke meat. Yeah. Hey, uh, I gotta say hello to somebody. Marty and I. Marty, Marty and I have a friend who uh, listens to this. Uh, you just missed him last time. Somebody listens. Yeah, <laughs> Marty, our boy Justin, the uh, the Navy superstar pilot. Oh, yeah. All right. They must be so bored down there if they're listening to us. Those are the guys we want to listen to. This. <laughs> don't don't fall asleep and crash while you're <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> man, he's out there training. He's he's training. Uh, you know, for the Navy, but he's also doing his training too. So keep after it, man. Again, look at him. Good see, man. I mean, Thank you, you. You can tell. I mean, this is the they're, they're they're getting results, but then again, they're getting the the solid information from you. But they're putting it into action. That's why we love those guys. Yeah, that's right. They they actually do 
what it is that we suggest. And then, oh, lo and behold, they get results. And they everyone says, oh, you're geniuses. It's like, no, we're not. This is stuff we were told by our mentors. Way he, back sent me a picture, he sent me a picture of his knuckles uh, after he was hitting a heavy bag with no gloves. <laughs> cut up and everything. <laughs> Definitely one of us. Hey, like I said, some guys are born alpha. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher, at ironcompany.com. Just go up to the top of the site where it says articles. Click that button. That's also where you can find Jim Steele's articles. Um, Marty and Jim are also available for online training, seminars. Uh, you can you can reach Marty by going to uh, our athletes page on Iron Company, and uh, you can just. Send us an email if you want to get a hold of Jim. Um, also, pick up Marty's book, Purposeful Primitive. Absolutely. It's on our website as well. It's one of the greatest uh, books of all time, right, Marty? Uh, absolutely. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim, would you second that emotion? Yes, yes all the way. <laughs> and then check out Iron Company for all your fitness equipment and gym flooring needs. We've got tons of great equipment on there. If you need rubber flooring, if you need barbells, if you need bumper plates, Anything oh, we've, we've got. I'm sorry. Could I, could I mention one other thing? Somebody else who's listening is that uh, we want to mention that uh, Chuck Deluxe is listening to us right now in Cyprus. Nice, and, oh, brother. And myself and old Jim here. <laughs> so we know we got two listeners, y'all. So we got two. So we're we're. Uh, Hey, we're making some progress here. As you know, Chuck is a world tanning champion, so we're expecting him to come back, and he's going to be nothing but teeth that gleam like baseballs and yeah. bright, bright eyeballs, and the rest of them he's going to look like a brown berry. <laughs> like oh, you haven't seen him when he's tanned up. Oh, it's it's freaky. He looks like he's been spray tanned at a bodybuilding event. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see him. Well, he's, he's going to be over there for like a month. Really? Oh yeah, he said. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he <clears throat> moved right in. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good at that. Yeah. Well, stay safe over there, Chuck Deluxe. Yeah. All right. And finally, like I said, if you want to, uh, we've got uh, a growing from the, easy, from the Easy Gainers. Yeah, we've got a growing uh, index of Jim Steele articles on our website. Just like I said, go to articles at the top of our page. Click on that and use the drop down to find Jim Steele. Click on there and you'll see his articles. And then he's also got a website called BassBarbell.com. You want to say something about that real quick, Jim? I just got a bunch of uh, columns up there about training, about life, about hunting, fishing, fighting, all kind of stuff. I just, it's just okay. a bunch of different columns I've done over the years. Good deal. Everybody check that out. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.